we're doing is we we had them do three times a day. Midday sessions were the new mind sessions. These were basically teaching the brain to speed up the left hemisphere, slow down the right hemisphere. We don't recommend these for people that don't get scanned with a QEG because you don't want to we don't want to speed up one sure. side without the other without knowing. So we have many different sessions that do that. But in the clinical setting, they look at that, they measure them. And what we found out, it took about six weeks for them to balance their brain and get into that that area where they were synchronized. We had them do all the cognitive testing from Cambridge Sciences, and they all tested as dementia before they started. Six weeks later, they tested that they weren't. So we sent them back to their doctors to be evaluated. Wow. These are their medical doctors that six weeks earlier diagnosed them all with dementia. Every one of them, without question, were told by their doctor that if they would have came to them the way they are today, they would not have diagnosed them. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. It's good to be back in a normal routine, a normal episode. I know I had a, a quite a few solo episodes thrown at you guys. And then, of course, we had the interview with Kim Boehm, but that was released on Instagram first, so some of you probably heard that. And then the audio was a little different than normal because of it being recorded on Instagram. So it's nice to just be back with a normal interview. And we did not let you down with this one. We brought on a huge guest. His name is Dr. Patrick Porter. And if you don't know who he is somehow, you might know him from his creation. It's called BrainTap. And if you somehow don't know that, then you really are going to need to listen to this episode. It's a pretty incredible technology. It is something I own myself. Uh, there is nothing affiliate-wise that I get from this. I think FDN ended up doing something right. Dr. Porter was nice enough to offer it to us, but I'm not hyping this up. It wasn't something where I got a free brain tap and now we talk about it on the podcast. I purchased it. I got it at a conference and we use it in my business that I have in person in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. So it's something I believe in, my girlfriend believes in, our clients believe in, and we're excited to bring it to you. And again, Dr. Porter is the founder of this, but we're going to be talking about so many things today, more than just brain tap, kind of his history and how he got into even inventing a technology like this. A little bit about him before we get rolling here. He is an award-winning author, educator, consultant, entrepreneur, and speaker. With 20 years of experience operating the largest self-help franchise in the world, he has become a highly sought-after expert within the personal improvement industry, having sold over 3 million of his self-help products worldwide. Dr. Porter has been on the cutting edge of brainwave entrainment technology for 32 years. He was a co-developer of the MC Squared, the first personal light and sound brain training machine, voted best new gadget of the year at the 1989 Consumer Electronics Show. So he has been in this space for a while. And no, this is not someone that just did things back then and is not still relevant today because his team was voted the best new health app at the 2019 Consumer Electronics Show. I feel like in today's world, especially with my generation, we hop around to so many different industries, so many different careers in such short periods of time. I have a great respect for someone that sticks around in something for decades and really becomes a master of their craft. And I think today after listening to this episode, it's only going to take about 20 minutes out of our 50 for you to be completely convinced that Dr. Porter knows exactly what he's talking about. We'll be touching on everything, like I said in the beginning, from not only his background, but to the technology itself, to dementia, to studies that they're running on this stuff, to how certain places are actually getting this covered by insurance. So as funky as the machine might seem to the untrained eye when you first look at this thing, because it looks like something, you know, from the future, and it just well may be because it seems like he knows what he's doing. This thing works, there's studies behind it, and there is just more and more science coming out. 
I'm really amazed by this, and you'll hear my personal testimonial with BrainTap that is only continuing to grow when you listen today. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right, Dr. Porter, thanks so much for being here with us today. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Evan. Yeah, I found Dr. Porter when I was at a biohacking congress. It was a conference, but it's called Biohacking Congress for FDN guys in uh, March in Las Vegas. And, you know, it was kind of a slower conference. It it was cool, but it was a slower conference. So the vendors had the opportunity more so than you would normally have to like kind of go around and see everyone else. And I heard you on a panel. I I saw the brain tap stuff. I didn't know much about it, but I, I heard you on a panel and you had mentioned something there. You're a smart guy because you knew your audience. You talked about how, oh, we also have 17 tracks at the time for Think and Grow Rich. And for those that are like, what is this about health? Like, what does this have to do with anything? Well, we'll, uh, we'll break down what BrainTap is, but Think and Grow Rich is one of the best-selling business personal development books of all time. Um, I've read it many, many times. I've listened to it many, many times. It's changed my life. I highly recommend uh, people listen to it. And don't be turned off by the name. People like Think and Grow Rich, what is that? Just money-based. Um, it is a spiritual book, actually, disguised as a money-based book. Um, <laughs> now, you could use it for money, but you could also use it for personal growth, better family life, um, happiness, help in the world. And that's, I think, how people like us choose to use it. So when you said that, it just got all these cogs turning for me, Dr. Porter, because I'm like, all right, so not only does this guy understand what this is doing health-wise, but he also understands what can be done to the mind and subconscious if we're in that deeply relaxed state and then putting good messages in. So um, I appreciate the technology greatly. Um, I want to start off today by kind of just breaking this down for people who haven't heard of it. And I know we'll move into more of a dementia, Alzheimer's topic eventually. But how did you even get into this space? What's your background? Because you're a little different than some of the guests that we have on here. You didn't have cancer or an autoimmune disease. So what, what happened to even get you into this space? Right. Well, my my issue was my family was um, basically my dad was a chronic alcoholic. So he got into doing something called the Silva method, which is a, a technology driven meditation where you get to go to alpha, which is a brainwave state we probably will get into here. But it's where most people go and they meditate. But we used a machine to do that called a GSR machine, galvanic skin response. So it would train the brain to go to this alpha state. And what it did for me was I was a very troubled student. I mean, while my dad was accelerating with alcohol, I was accelerated being a big troublemaker. And um, Mm -hmm. I got held back in second grade and pretty much was struggling in school. I was an artist, you know, trapped in a body that had to go to school. You know, I wanted to just draw and play and, and things. And then finally... Once my dad settled me down and started training me, uh, and we started helping him with seminars. So, I mean, I didn't just do the Silva like a lot of people did it. I did it like every other weekend for like seven years. So, you know, when my dad would do his courses, of course, my brothers and I, we'd be setting up the room. My sister would be helping with uh, concessions or getting them drinks and things. And we would running be running our little uh, you know, Silva show, if you will. It was a two-day training that would teach people how to de-stress and basically teach you how to take back control of your life. Well, one thing led to another as I was helping my dad. Um, there was a uh, an incident that happened to me in an industrial accident, and that got me to really think about, do I really want to go to school for electronics? Because my undergraduate degree is electronics. So if you look at our equipment, uh, it was technology, so I'm really into technology, but I was really into meditation. So how could I marry the two? And I, I was, as the universe provides, I was given an opportunity to work with a group called Light and Sound Research. And I was their researcher. This was back in the 80s. So we developed the very first portable light and sound machine by accident. It wasn't, we weren't trying to build a portable light and sound machine. We were trying to build a clinical unit that we could use. Now, this was before neurofeedback. So if people are listening. Well, what about neurofeedback? Well, this was biofeedback. We would look at... Uh, skin respiration, heart rate, uh, blood pressure, all the things that uh, we could control or see visually. And then we would use this light sound device. It was called the SILS, a sensory input learning system. And it was $10,000. Well, 10000 in the 80s is like a day. <laughs> you know, it's like it was crazy money. But it, and the, a lot of things happened, but you know, I believe that everything happens now by divine appointment. And what, what, during one of these encounters, the owner of the Sills, Dr. Robertson, died, and they didn't know what to do. He didn't leave any of the plans for his device for anyone. He was so secretive. He was so scared someone's going to, you know, take his technology. But now he's left his family nothing. The employees had nothing. But luckily, my degree in electronics came into work there, where I was able to work with another uh, engineer, and we were able to reverse engineer it. And in building out a prototype, we built out a portable little unit. 
And I went, you know, we need money because we were, we were not very, you know, we were a startup, but we didn't know anything about starting up a business. But I said, you know, I have clients. So I started making these in the back room with radio. Some people might remember a store called Radio Shack. We bought all of our parts at Radio Shack. We built them in the back room and I'd build 10 to 15 of them a week and I would sell them, you know, as part of my therapy to my clients. And it started to really grow and, you know, big things happened. We were at the computer electronics show where we got the the award for the best new gadget of the year. And, wow. uh, you know, I started a franchise company and I sold that. We had 108 locations. And then in 2014, actually, I decided I wanted to build something new and different, something better, something where I could incorporate all the newest technology. Now, before this, our device was like a bunch of wires. People didn't really like it. You know, they would. So what we did was we developed it all out of one headset which is what you have. And we built it all in there. And we're now on our fifth generation of that headset. And we're constantly improving it, making it better. But the, the reality is now, because of neurofeedback, we can actually prove this is working. Now, that's been the case for the last, like, 12 years. Uh, before that, we just had to take everybody's word for it, that they felt good, or we would measure their weight loss or stop smoking and, sure. you know, behavior changes we could make. So that's how it all began. Wow. Okay. A lot there. Um, and I, I do like that because when I got into the world of functional medicine, we'll call it, I became very linear in my thinking, admittedly, and not through FDN. It was actually my own fault where I had to see it to believe it. I, I had to see the data always. And guess what? If I'm working with a client, generally speaking, um, I, I try to focus on that. And at the same time, you can try things with clients. And as long as they know, like, to me, hey, just so you know, this has worked for like a thousand other people I've worked with. I can't fully prove it yet. I don't fully understand it, but it seems to be doing this. Would you like to engage in that? As long as they understand where we're coming from, I'm fine with that. But I think it's very, it was a very limited view on my point. And I had a limited view in other ways earlier in my life, as we talked about before we got on here. It was kind of that same train of thought, Dr. Porter, where if I couldn't see the science, it didn't matter to me. But how does a lot of science even come to be? Certainly, certain things happen by accident, but most of this stuff is a hypothesis that comes from people seeing, wait a second, that looks like this is happening here. Or what happens if we do this? It's a relatively educated guests that might be coming from people having experiences. So I think it's wonderful that you can prove it now. Um, do you have something you look like you wanted to add something to that? Oh, no, I was just going to say, you know, like okay. in our case, we actually developed this for pain clinics and we hardly <laughs> use it in pain clinics today, but that's where it was because once you get out of the high beta state, which is where we're talking right now, when you have a, a high degree of beta, like between 18 to 40 Hertz, you can exacerbate a lot of pain because you're, basically triggering cortisol and adrenaline, and that amplifies pain in the body. So we designed this actually to reduce pain and discomfort. I went through painless surgery of my shoulder with my dad with nothing more than his voice. You know, so, I mean, you can do this. You can do these things if you train your brain, but it, the problem is most people don't want to put the effort, the time into it. So that's why we created the brain tap. Was People didn't want to learn it. They just want to experience it. Okay. Complete side note on a personal level. Wait, so in that beta state, you said it, the cortisol adrenaline is going, so you're exacerbating pain. Is there a temporary relief for someone that is dealing with that cortisol and adrenaline though? And I'm asking for a reason. Oh yeah. I mean, if you can get out of beta, if you can get out of, if you're predominantly, you should only have about 45% beta, but what we find is when people have more than that percentage of brainwave activity and a high degree of delta at the same time, it seems to amplify pain. It, and it would, the brain is trying to restart and reboot. But what happens is we did a study with uh, Plano in Plano, Texas, where we took, uh, these were 20 people that had botched surgeries. No pain medicine would work for them. So they were perfect candidates for brain tap. And what I told them was we can never become immune to our own neurophysiology. You know, our, the greatest pharmacy on earth is not on the corner drugstore. It's between our ears. So once we train these people, what we found was, 100% of the people in the study, while they were doing their brain tap session, <clears throat> it was called actually the Zen Frame Zen, but in the, in the process, they had no discomfort. 80% of them after 10 weeks could go pain-free for a day in between their sessions of brain tap. So we, what we're showing is that, and we just finished a project in Brazil where we're now, they have something called Invisa there, not FDA. Their Invisa is their FDA. And they actually paid a quarter million dollars to prove that brain tap could replace opioids in their medical system. And we had three drug studies done by the pharmaceutical department, double-blind placebo-controlled studies that proved every time brain tap beat opioids. 
So wow. um, now they're now they're looking at how can they incorporate it, and that led to two two insurance companies here in the United States that will pay for BrainTap if their um, if their doctor or their medical provider doesn't have to be a, a MD, it can be uh, a natural medicine doctor as well. But if they can prove necessity, which means they have high anxiety, stress, sleep disorders, or pain, that these companies will actually pay for the brain tap in one year of service because we're proving that they get better clinical results and better outcomes for their health. Um, That's I need to kind of, let me kind of bring up to speed just a little bit so everybody understands my background. My first, I believe there's three waves to wellness. First wave is nutrition. You cannot outthink a bad diet. So you have to eat well. You have to get the right nutrients. I was blessed to live in the town where the very first health food store in America was, Battle Creek, Michigan. And my mother got us all off sugar and dyes. We were the most spastic, erratic kids you'd ever see. Nine <laughs> of us. You know, if you were, imagine going to church and you're trying to wrangle in nine kids and they're all hyped up on uh, Cocoa Krispies or something. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's what was happening. When my mother realized they were either going to put us on some drugs or she was going to get natural about it. Well, she she started researching natural ways to handle ADHD and ADD. And what we found out was as soon as the porters got off white flour, white sugar, and all the dyes, we were pretty smart kids. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't really have attention deficit disorder. We had a chemical problem. <laughs> you know, the sugar, which is the you know most addictive thing we have on the planet. So that's important. Number two is we have to move and breathe. If we're not moving and breathing in our nervous system, in fact, even in India, they say you're only as young as your spine is flexible. So we need to we need to get your get our body moving so that the information from our brain gets to our body. Most people don't realize the nervous system is 70 percent in our brain, 30 percent in our body. So if we move and breathe like things like Tai Chi, yoga, dance, just do something to get your body walking. These are all good things. Now, number three, I believe, is the newest wave of wellness, which is brain fitness. We now know that if you're too stressed out, have too much anxiety, too much worry, you're just basically having very expensive urine because the stress, what it does, most people on the call probably know that when you're in a high stress, your body stops digesting. It stops Mm -hmm. all non-essential functions and, and thinks you're being, you know, attacked by something. Uh, these bodies have not evolved for 200,000 years. So we have the same body that was there in the Serengeti. That's why every day at two o'clock, our temperature drops two degrees and we all Mm -hmm. run out and try to get coffee, tea or sugar, you know, because we're trying to, but what we really need is to take a nap, but we can't do that. So that's where again, brain tap comes in with a 20 minute power nap because we need to, what the body's saying is it's time to recycle. And this is the time in the Serengeti when all the animals would take a nap. You know, it's basically time out. We're all going to take a little rest time here. Then we're going to go out and play again and see who lives and dies. <laughs> you know, but, you know, yeah. our life's yeah. a little bit different now, but that's what's really happening. It's really interesting. I've never, I honestly have just never heard it worded in that way. Like the temperature drop would make sense for the nap is I don't always have the opportunity to do that, right? Like I'm sure you don't either, but yeah. when I have had the schedule that allows me to do that, honestly, I do feel pretty good. Um, and I only need like 30 minutes an hour. It's not like I'm asking for anything crazy. And right. I usually can make up for that hour too. It's like, I, I wouldn't even normally need eight hours of sleep at night when I do that. I can get the seven. So you're actually feeling a lot better and you're still using the same amount of time. So I know everyone that listens to this is super high efficiency person. We have a lot of type A personalities, which is another reason I wanted to have you on because, you know, you you talked about this, like what their stress response might look like and all these things. When we're running the tests with people, the first test we teach is our stress and hormone panel at FDN. And there is almost no one that comes into our world by the time they get here, at least (laughs) hormones are tanked. Cortisol's out of whack. It's not good, right? We need to, have this person relaxed and in that parasympathetic state more, which again, I know something as something that brain tap can do. Now, when I, because I'm, I don't want to oversimplify. That's why I have you on, right? When I was at this conference, just to continue the story from the beginning, I heard Dr. Porter talk about the thinking grow rich thing. I thought that was fascinating. I'm like, wow, that's pretty interesting because I'm big on like visualization, visualizing what I want out of my life, visualizing who I want to become. I think there's merit to it. It seems to be working for me. Regardless of whether or not you believe that, I went over to your booth and it was like the end of the day, you know, things are wrapping up and you guys are nice. You let everyone try this stuff completely for free. And then you have your introductory one. And I'm at a conference with a bunch of people running around Dr. Porter. I'm a, my brain's all over the place normally. And I do meditate. So I know how long it takes me to get to a certain place. I'm not sure, you know, exactly which waves I'm at, but I know how I feel subjectively and how long it would take me to get there. 
And despite being in a conference with people I know are walking around me, some are probably staring at me as I'm doing this. It's an uncomfortable situation in many regards. Within 10 minutes of using your device, I felt like I've been meditating for an hour in the dark by myself. And then you even do this test, right, where you're bringing up the visualization of the lemon and you're like, watches, you basically call us out. You're like, I bet your saliva just started. I'm like, son of a, he got me. Yeah, like you were totally right. I felt myself salivating and I, I have trouble visualizing. So it's very helpful. So I knew this immediately. No, I didn't even need the science, although I looked it up later. I knew that this was something that clearly was working to get people into a very relaxed state very quick. That's my oversimplified understanding. So we've mentioned a few things. We've mentioned parasympathetic. We've mentioned pain relief, all these things, the light sound therapy, all these things. How does this actually work? What is BrainTap for someone that's maybe never seen this? Right. What it is, we're, we're a brain fitness company. So if you think about, we have an app that you can just use the app with earphones. Now that's going to give you the sound portion of it. And there are several different sounds. We have um, different frequencies like Noje frequencies or Sofigio frequencies that are embedded into the sessions that are there to resonate the body. Our body resonates and vibrates just like everything in everything in the universe that we see is vibrating, teeming with energy, light, sound, and vibration. So we're going to use that to our advantage. We're going to mimic that. So with sound, we're going to mimic different frequencies. Now, to simplify it a little bit for everyone, imagine we were in a spacecraft going toward Earth, and we were to measure the frequency of our planet. They're called Earth frequencies. They're 0.05 to 100. If you're by a volcano going off, it's going to be high. You know, that's going to, that feeling is going to have you running because, you know, just like what happened with the um, tsunami and they wondered, where were all the animals? Well, the animals were in tune with the environment. So they left. Hmm. The people were running after the wave. You know, it's like they, yeah. they, didn't, yeah. they didn't know what was going on. So in the process, what happens is our brain is interpreting the vibrational sounds around us. That's one of our most tuned sense. We take in 25,000 pieces of information every second, but we filter out most of it. I love it when people say, I don't hear very well. That's virtually impossible. Everybody hears perfectly. We filter things out. That's why, you know, I, I remember one guy said to me, he goes, uh, I used to record all my sessions early on with clients. And he said, you know, uh, this session is, uh, I hear road noise on it because my, my office was in off McDowell Road and it was pretty busy. And I said, was there, I said, when you came in, you said your hearing wasn't very good. I said, uh, I go, did you hear it? The first time you listen to it, you said, no, but it's there now. I said, yeah, because you now can hear better. I said, we can put it back the way it was if you want, because what happens is once you start tuning this brain, and most people think they hear only with their ears. This is a misunderstanding. 30% of our hearing comes in through our eyes. So like if you've ever been to a lecture and you could not hear the lecturer, but then you moved your attention so you could now see the lecturer, now you could hear them, that's because there's a part of our brain called the primitive reflex that actually is only getting a, it's like a sonar, it's looking around its environment and paying attention only to those. Could you imagine walking through the woods, you know, 200,000 years ago and you're hearing everything? You have no mm -hmm. spatial awareness. So our brain is developed in a way that we only hear really pretty much 90% of what we see. Now, if a loud noise happens or a growl or just like if we were at dinner together, Evan, and somebody two, two tables down says something like biohacking, we would, know, we would hear <laughs> that, right? But we wouldn't hear the rest of the conversation. So what's happening with the brain is there's actual sounds. They're called binaural beats, isochronic tones and frequencies that are actually triggering the cortical response of the brain. Deep in our brain, our primitive reflexes work. And basically, if you think about our brainstem, that's what's keeping us alive. But it's also monitoring our environment, keeping us safe. That's why we... Uh, some people have really great reflexes in, in different situations that they wouldn't realize, but because our brain is protecting us. Like if somebody were to come down at us with something to hit us in the head, even though it would hurt our arm, we would still put it up there to protect our brain. So our brain's always looking for these things, listening for them, observing them, feeling for them. So what we've done is we've basically used these earth frequencies to drive them into the brain. Now, if they use the headset, which is what you have, and it's behind me there on the glass head, that headset uses visor lights and it uses ear lights. Now, what's happening there with the light and the sound, we're using the same principle as, as sound with the light, meaning that we're, uh, for those who don't know what a binaural beat is, if this has been around since 1800, so I didn't invent binaural beats. Mm -hmm. But what we did is we perfected how they're used because now we can measure brain movement. So we're moving those 
every every three seconds, every three to five seconds, we're moving them so that the brain, it's a dance. So once the brain learns that dance, it likes the journey. So with the light, just like with the sound, if we're doing binaural beat, if I wanted 10 hertz frequency, which is alpha, I put 300 hertz frequency in one ear, 310 in the other. The brain does not hear either 300 or 310. It hears a phantom sound of 10 hertz. Well, we found out that if we did the same thing with our vision, what's happening in the right ear is happening in the left eye and vice versa. Now we have all this neurological activity that the brain starts to create what is what is known in science as a Gaussian field. So we're, we're creating this field of energy or information in our brain. It's not happening. I mean, it's happening inside our head, but it sure. gives us a space in which we can visualize into. So people like yourself, I wouldn't say, I don't visualize that well. Well, now you have discretionary access to all of your senses because your sensory-based systems don't know the difference between real or imagined. It just knows input. So it's like a computer. If you put in junk data into the computer, you're going to get junk data out. The same thing's true with our data. We need So what we're going to do with BrainTap is we're going to teach people how to think, not what to think. So when you go through this series... So we even, we have it with just sound. So if you're out there and you go, I don't want to listen to anybody's voice, that's fine. We have over 600 sessions that train each brainwave and they're a training protocol. Or we can change the way they think because we all speak to ourselves about 80,000 words per day and they say 60,000 of them are negative. So we need to upgrade that. And that's not a bad thing. It's because our subconscious is there to protect us. So it's always, I mean, imagine everyone listening to this podcast here you made it out of all the genetic possibilities of all creation, whoever your mom and dad were, their mom and dad, all the way back to the beginning of time, your genetics made it. You're the winner. Mm-hmm. You know, you have superior genetics. So we're always, we're always developing that and growing that. And so what we're going to do is we're going to help you show up as the best individual as you. And we can talk a little bit about this. We might not have time today, but something called biophotaic exchange. A lot of people know the nervous system, but we also have a light system in the body that works through the dura or the uh, myofascial system. And it basically works like fiber optics. And they now know that's the system that triggers your epigenetic expression, which means every conversation you're in, every food you consume, uh, basically everything you do, everything you're exposed to is turning you on or off genetically. So what I mean, what I mean by that is your best self can show up if your mitochondria is alive and well, and you know, you really have a lot of energy, ATP production, and then you instruct the genes to show up as their best self. Now, the problem is words control 2,300 gene expressions. So if you don't change your internal dialogue, you're just making a better you of what you had in the past. So we need to, we need to upgrade their thinking, you know, just like in TM, if you're studying with you know, one of the masters, they would give you a set of words to, to chant, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you were in India or here, wherever you're at, because we need to disrupt that pattern. Our patterns created us, you know, first we created our patterns, you know, the subconscious, and then those, the subconscious creates us. So what BrainTap does is give you a time to re, reassess how you want to show up. And of course, if we're less stressed, we show up better. You know, we'll, we'll show up better in our relationships. We'll show up better in our job. We'll show up better for our clients. All of those things are better because stress just disrupts and hijacks our brain. Wow, I don't know about you, but I'm already thinking in this episode, this is some pretty amazing stuff. And you know what else is amazing? The fact that FDN now lets you try the course completely for free. If you go to fdntraining.com slash try FDN, you can actually try the first part of the FDN course completely for free. There is no credit card required so that you can see if this is actually for you. And I'm assuming if you're listening, maybe this is something you are interested in. That's fdntraining.com slash try FDN to start the FDN course for free with Without any credit card required. Okay, now back to the episode. The internal dialogue thing has been one of the most profound, seriously, discoveries for me in my life because I grew up, I had all these health issues, right? Starting at five years old. And so even as I was lucky enough to eventually get better at around 18, 19 and discover some of this stuff, I realized, Dr. Porter, that I still had the same thinking though. I found some new discoveries and that's great. Now I'm eating new foods and feeling better. That is a 
important part, right? You even talked about it. First step for you is nutrition, but it's only one piece. My internal dialogue still started to tell me, oh, I can't eat this or I break out. I can't eat this. Otherwise I get a headache. Like I had all these rules and restrictions. And what's crazy is most of us, I think I speak for all of us. We don't even realize we're doing this. It's on autopilot. Like there's thoughts that we there's the subconscious stuff, which we're not even aware of necessarily. And then there's stuff that's like literally going through our head, but we're driving. So we're distracted. It's more distracted as opposed to being subconscious. Like I can identify it. I just don't normally because I'm so routine with it. And I'm listening to some of the stuff that I'm saying to myself. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. And I always encourage people, like if you're on a long drive, 30 minutes plus, just try to remember this randomly. Stop all of a sudden and think, what am I thinking about? And I found we actually when we're in those lulls, like those routine things, driving, uh, walking at the gym, whatever it might be, we're actually having some of the worst thoughts there, I, I find, <laughs> or just like ruminating on a negative situation. And we don't realize it, but we spend all day doing these routine activities. If it wasn't routine, we'd be too stressed out. The brain tries to make it routine. And so whether it's visualization, meditation, whatever, or something like the brain tap, which to me is legitimately and honestly the best tool I've found to accelerate this and do this well you need to rewrite that script. And yes, you have stuff without the words, but I actually love the words. And it's very weird talking to you today because I've heard, <laughs> my God, I can picture you saying so many different things <laughs> in my head right now with the damn brain tap. <laughs> um, but, but seriously, those that matters. The new visualizations matter, the new images, the new sounds and, and words that we're saying. And so it's kind of cool. You can basically, I think you use the word hijack. You can hijack this. So we stop at the negative and we put the positive in. And it's a different time frame for everyone. That's what I found. It depends on how much baggage we're dealing with. But there is a time where all of a sudden that stuff starts to flip and you can rewrite old conditioning and it can create some amazing experiences in our lives. I know that for uh, personal firsthand experience. Yeah. Well, part of it is reframing the past. That's why in my, my first book, Awaken the Genius, I talk about how I was blessed to be the son of an alcoholic. Now, obviously, at 11, 12 years old, I didn't think that was such a blessing. <laughs> but looking back at it, we have to reframe that past because our past builds our self-esteem and our self-confidence. If we think our past was negative or bad or we were put in the wrong home, you know, we're taking home the wrong baby. You're supposed to be taken to the house on the hill or whatever. The reality is that you got exactly what you needed to bring you to this moment. And if you realize this moment is the moment of power, you have a choice to be healthy right now. Each meal gives you a choice to turn on health or turn off health. Each glass of water gives you a chance to turn on health or turn off health. You can choose to have a soda or you can choose to have water. You understand those are the choice. So once you start setting up your brain to choose health in all things, then your body will turn on that healthy, the, those healthy genes because that's what you want. If not, it doesn't know what to do. And basically, it just goes to default network, what they call the default mode of the brain. And that's why people spiral into that negativity. Yeah. Yeah. And for most of us, yeah, the default's not <laughs> so great. So that's that's kind of a problem. Um, now, and what I found pretty cool before we get into the Alzheimer's thing is the lights in front of your eyes. And I know that you mentioned this and you explained why, but it I don't know for me if it just has more weight than other people or this is just what everyone experiences. So I have a red light therapy studio. And one of the things I was starting to think, I'm like, oh, well, I wonder if I could use this while I'm doing my red light session. So of course, normally uh, you would usually wear goggles because it's so damn bright. And what I did, Dr. Porter, is I laid back and I have the, a horizontal stand. So it lays over me and I put the brain tap on. Now this works for me every time, almost without fail. And it worked pretty well that time, but not as well as normal. And what I realized is I still had the brightness on the lowest setting in the thing. And like the red light was overpowering it. Mm -hmm. And the second I got away from the red light, it went into like a darker space again and then turned up the light instantly back to like, I almost can't not meditate. It forces me into this in this very great way. And so I think those lights play a much bigger role than people realize. Like I would not have thought it could be that big of a deal. But for me, it's a night and day difference uh, with the experience that I have with BrainTap. Well, most people don't know the eyes are not just attached to the brain, they're brain matter. And they actually have, the eyes have 300 times more mitochondria than the brain. So it's absorbing light energy. We, mm -hmm. Our eyes absorb, they, I mean, if you read about what they call sun gazers, where they look at sunrises and sunsets, they actually claim that it resets the gut biome. So when I read about that back a while ago, that's why we have the red and blue lights in the ears, because the, mm -hmm. that's the best thing we can do to mimic a sunrise. Those are the healing frequencies that we're putting through the ears. And every two minutes, it changes to, an, they look solid, those lights in the ears, but they're actually yeah. flickering. And what we did for light beds and using red light therapy, we have a series called LipoLite. 
because I explain okay. what red light therapy is doing, but people just use the earbuds at those because you're already getting so much light. You can only drive so much light into the cells, right? I yeah, mean, the, absolutely. The, uh, and some of those light pads or, or light boards or in beds, they have so much light, the body's just getting, uh, you know, basically supercharged. The mitochondria, once it absorbs as much light as it can, it moves on through the hemoglobin to the next cell that needs it. So, you know, that's why every 72 hours, at least, you do want to do something like that. And that's why we do it with the brain tap. You can do it three times a cool. day, but your your body can absorb and uses the photaic energy for about 24 hours. So it's going to keep cool. circulating. Yeah. Um, last thing I'll say, just because it's a cool testimony to you guys. Um, I, so I ended up buying the brain tap. Obviously, I, I brought it home and my girlfriend had meditated or attempted meditation, we'll call it, about five times in her life. And she did this. And she gets up from the brain tap because I had her go through like their starting sessions or whatever. First thing she says, can I do another real quick? And I'm like, yeah. And she seems very relaxed. And so I put her in immediately on another 20 minute one. So she's been going for about 35, 40 minutes total now. And she just gets up and had this beautiful smile on her face in this total like relax. And we, it was close to bedtime, total relaxed trance state and just said, she finally knew what meditation should feel like and how the, she's like, this is amazing. So uh, she loves it and uses it all the time too. I just wanted to throw that out there, but Transitioning to the Alzheimer's thing, this somehow, I, it's amazing to me how many medical conditions are because in 150 episodes, as I mentioned to you in the beginning, we haven't really talked about this. And most people in our space immediately go to the whole, oh, well, it's a type three diabetes thing. So we need to take care of nutrition and stuff. And you already identified that that's absolutely relevant. I am fascinated to what you guys have done research wise to how this can affect things like Alzheimer's, because that is a, the whole area of dementia is a set of conditions that really messes with people's lives. Um, I felt it slightly indirectly with people in my life. So I'm, I'm curious how this works because that's pretty sure. amazing stuff. The biggest thing to let everyone know is that even if you don't eat sugar, a stressful event, your liver produces enough sugar for a candy bar. So hmm. if you have diabetes of any form, you need to deal with stress because if you don't, you're just producing all this sugar. You know, it could be type three diabetes, which I think they're right. And it has to do with diet and lifestyle. So what we did was what we know it is, is neuroplasticity. So you think of neuroplasticity, that's our brain's ability or capacity to do work, like have cognitive thoughts and energy. So we can measure that energy. Now we can measure ATP across the hippocampus. And what we found in our study, when we did, we did an e, we did of course QEG, we did heart rate variability and all that before the study. We had them go to their doctors. Every one of them was diagnosed with dementia. We did a dementia study, and it's actually in a book called Saving Your Brain, which is a natural medicine doctor and a chiropractor. His name is Dr. Kelly Miller. He ran the study, so that's available on Amazon. Anybody can get it. And he has a chapter in there, Brain Tap to the Rescue. So he talks about all the things he does in his therapy, but the study was just done with Brain Tap. We can get even better okay. results if you put them on the right nutrition. So I'm just saying that just kind of as a disclaimer that I know you can get even better results. But we had a, we had a six-week study. What we found out was the left hemisphere actually was moving slower than the right. And we know that by mm -hmm. voltage. The Across the executive function of the brain, we should have matched voltage. If it's not 10.8 or around that each, then you're going to start to have dementia or cognitive decline. This happens also with ADD and ADHD. The brain doesn't synchronize. So what we did is we used the light program <clears throat> to produce a series called The New Mind, because what they really wanted was they wanted their mind back. They wanted a new mind. But what happened was their lifestyle and their thinking, you had to be one of three things, right? Thoughts, traumas, or toxins. So we were dealing with those that we could. So what we did is we had them wake up in the morning and do our AM programs. These are sessions that wake up the brain to a brainwave called SMR. Sensory motor rhythm is between uh, alpha and beta. It's a small brain wave. It's we all go through it when we wake up and, and go to sleep. But most people, as we age, unfortunately, it atrophies. They don't have as much, so they don't have the capacity to remember things because they don't have the energy to remember things. So <clears throat> that's where the our red light therapy comes in is getting the the light in the eyes and the ears is bringing energy into the brain. Um, Meridians, most of your listeners probably know what meridians are because of acupuncture and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But you can use lasers in the ears too. But because this is unmanned therapy, we could put nine LEDs in each ear and the photaic exchange is the same as a two-minute laser session, but they're wearing it on their ears. Now, we're not targeting a specific area like we could with a laser. What we're doing is we're bathing the ear with a lot of light. And now 
all the blood in the body goes through the circulates through the ears and then goes into the brain pretty much that's the path it takes so if we want to bring light energy into the brain <clears throat> that's one of the better ways to do it now the carotid arteries are the probably the best but we, we're going to put it in through the ears now some people actually feel the lights getting the ears getting warm there's no real heat from the headset but there is photaic exchange so there's there's photons right. So your hemoglobin is designed to absorb photons from our sun. So that's one of the ways it tells our body what to do. As an example, if we don't go to sleep before 10, between 10 and 2 at night, we don't produce as much melatonin because that it's tied to our cycles of our, of our earth cycles in the sun, our body is. But in the, in the process of this, what we're doing is we, we had them do three times a day. Midday sessions were the new mind sessions. These were basically teaching the brain to speed up the left hemisphere, slow down the right hemisphere. We don't recommend these for people that don't get scanned with a QEG because you don't sure. want to, we don't want to speed up one side without the other, without knowing. So we have many different sessions that do that, but in the clinical setting, they look at that, they measure them. And what we found out, it took about six weeks for them to balance their brain and get into that, that area where they were synchronized. We had them do all the cognitive testing from Cambridge Sciences, and they all tested as dementia before they started. Six weeks later, they tested that they weren't. So we sent them back wow. to their doctors to be evaluated. These are their medical doctors that six weeks earlier diagnosed them all with dementia. Every one of them, without question, were told by their doctor that if they would have came to them the way they are today, they would not have diagnosed them. But they can't take the diagnosis away. It's kind of like the scarlet letter. You know, these these bodies are changing. So what we wanted to prove, and now it's in a bigger study now at Seminole College in Florida, where, where we actually are, uh, it's slowly happening at batches of five to 10 people, but we're going to have 100 people in the study. So far, everything is still on track to do the same thing. 49% more neuroplasticity in six weeks. And if they keep doing it, they we have the people in the original study are now up to 55% more neuroplasticity and they 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 have to do it at least a minimum of three times a week, but they own the equipment. So, on average, the person in the, the people in the study afterwards have been doing it twice a day because the more you do it, the better. We also have programs that put you to sleep because what happens is the brain gets stressed out; it doesn't know how to sleep either. So we we mm -hmm. teach it to wake up, we teach it to reboot in the middle of the day, we teach it to sleep, and we found that 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 uh, six week protocol has been magical for a lot of people. Also through our 3000 clinics that use it, they love that protocol. They get really good results with their, their patients as well. That's it's so cool to think again, because I'm, I talk to people all the time, obviously with a variety of health conditions, and I'm not saying any one condition is worse than the other. There is something particularly sad. I think about watching people that you love that are physically there deteriorate mentally. And I'm not saying it's not sad to watch it physically. I've seen people with cancer and autoimmune disease as well, but at least I can still call them up and talk to them. It's a particularly troublesome thing to, I can see the person, I know they're there, but they're not there. It, it's almost like they passed away already. I think mm -hmm. in many ways it can be more traumatizing and upsetting for the family, depending on how far this is. And to find something that could be literally as simple as more or less, you're asking them to sit and relax, <laughs> you know, for um, a few times a week. Like they can't, depending on how bad the decline gets, right? Not doing too much anyway. That's kind of where uh, these patients end up. So I just think that's amazing that this can provide these types of results. Uh, the one thing I missed, and this is my fault, and maybe you said this, how far along were these people in like the cycle? Like, Are they fresh diagnoses or have it been going on for a few years? These were people that thought they had dementia. Okay. And then we tested them and found out, yes, they did. And mm -hmm. we also help their dementia, their depression scores and things like that. So we also, I, we just have some anecdotal evidence because we're doing some more work with Alzheimer's, full-blown Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. What we found with that is we need to use that red light therapy. Luckily for us, our science officer is the one who wrote the chapter for Dr. Hamblin's book, Photobiomodulation in the Brain, Francisco Cedral. He's my science officer. So he, he invented a, a uh, light cap that uses red light therapy, infrared and red light therapy. And we're getting some phenomenal results with that. I mean, we had a, we had a woman in uh, California that hadn't spoke to her family in two years. That only used gibberish. Within three weeks, she was telling her life story to her family and they were able to record it. 
and it was it was it was so exciting to see they sent us a video and the family was just so excited because they got their mother back and um you know and she wasn't she was only 56 but she had suffered a a, a stroke and then that spiraled into dementia then spiraled into alzheimers and uh but the one thing about the brain i'm a firm believer that at any age the brain can improve we've done studies with people 102 years old uh a group out in florida and we found a 20 percent improvement in brain function in six weeks so any age i think wow can help. wow <clears throat> what is I, I this leads me to ask a question what is your goal and mission right now because it's clear to anyone listening or watching that the passion's there. You don't seem like you're slowing down anytime soon. So what, what's the goal? Like, what are you trying to do well, right now? Well, my goal is I believe that we're all sharing uh, intelligence here through consciousness. And I want to help a billion people improve their brain function. Because right now, when you look at the news and the other uh, contributors to our brain function, they're just stressing us out. And uh, there's something called psychoimmunology. And I think most people don't realize how powerful their thoughts are connected to their immune system, you know, and we need to, we need to understand that we are, we are beautifully made and we can create, we can create health with our thinking more than, I mean, our attitude has a lot to do with our health. Of course, we have to eat right, unless you're, you know, St. Germain and can alchemize, um, you know, total junk into healthy food. But I mean, most people don't realize they're, they're told right now, everybody's being indoctrinated that if it doesn't come from a pill, a bottle or a package, it can't help you. They -hmm. think that healing comes from people literally, they did an interview, they did a poll with people. They think when they're taking their prescription medicine, they're healthy. This is the biggest misconception on earth. What they are mm-hmm. is they're toxic and they don't feel their symptoms, but they're not healthy. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so, you know, well said, well said. Yeah. So, I mean, I tell people, so my mission is to let people know that we have this incredible physiology and psychology and sometimes they're, they're out of alignment. And some people are doing the psychological thing, like doing SSRIs when it's a physiological problem, they're, they're eating poorly. If they just changed their eating and started exercising, they would find that they have a they have a very competent brain and it's able to handle the stresses of the day. But if you can't just do one of these things, you've got to do the whole package or something will get out of alignment. And I think the fourth wave that I didn't talk about is you have to have a spiritual connection. I don't care what that is, but you have to know there's a power greater than you that's in control because we're busy doing what we're doing. Our heart's busy doing what it's doing. Our lungs are busy doing what it's doing. We can't control everything. So we've got to let go and let a power greater than us take care of most of everything. In fact, Bruce Lipton, who's uh, one of our professors at Quantum University, he would say that our life is run 95% of the time by our subconscious. And I I tend to believe that's true. Yeah. Um, I love that you mentioned, well, first of all, the mission's cool as hell. Is that it's not that getting people healthy isn't a, a mission worth getting passionate about. I'm passionate. Everyone out here at FDN is, but you got a, a fire, man. And I think that comes from a, a goal like the one that you have, right? When you're talking about a fraction of the population, uh, if someone's going to pull it off, I, I'll put my money on you. That's for sure. But it was interesting that you mentioned St. Germain, because I know it was kind of a joke, but maybe also not. Because I've the one thing I've wondered is because we know the placebo effect is real. And so by definition, we've seen miraculous healings by people doing this through their thoughts. And then on the other end, we have spiritists or mystics or whatever you want to call them that even if they're rare we do know have gotten into such deep uh, states of meditation that they've healed disease and cured stuff and i kind of wonder sometimes i'm like at the highest level of consciousness does the food even matter now this is not guys hold on not medical advice not saying go meditate until you're cured right but i do wonder if this can happen sometimes which we know it can and they didn't change anything else. I, I sometimes wonder, I'm like, is that the highest level? You know, really just getting when this we, when you consciousness think about under control. Consciousness and people vibrating at certain frequencies. The mm-hmm. Maharishi was documented when the Beatles were there, they were taking LSD, right? So he said, What are you doing? And they showed him the LSD. They gave him a handful of LSD. He took the whole handful, put the blanket over his head. A few minutes later, he came out smiling. He said, This will get you to the kitchen, but if you want to eat dinner, let me show you how. So <laughs> the, uh, he he transmuted that. Look at we only have to look today at Wim Hof. Yeah, you can inject him with poisons. He can breathe it out of him. This is just a normal guy that has a certain set of uh, practices 
that educated, there's a really good book that I'm going to recommend all of your, your people read because it talks about the placebo effect going to 40%. It's called Suggestible You. And it's so important as health professionals that we have total and complete confidence in what we're doing because our energy, what happens as an energy practitioner, most people don't realize this or a, or a natural medicine practitioner, is that you are transmitting energy in the form of light. Every person on earth transmits 810 to 860 nanometer light. And this is something that my science officer designed for Tom Brady, the football player. He designed his uh, recovery wear because this he put ceramics in it so that you could your own infrared light can reflect back to you and heal your body while you're sleeping. Hmm. So if you they now know that those people who are in gratitude and love and peace and harmony, they transmit 200 times more light than people who are in fear, anxiety, or frustration. So when, if you have any doubt, you're diminishing your light. If you're a health practitioner and you walk in the room, sometimes it's just your presence, your your ability to show them that there is hope, that there's something that they don't have to kill themselves to heal themselves. You know, they can they can actually do it from the beginning. And when you, sh that's why certain people, they go, why does that person have a full load of clientele while this person doesn't, but they're smarter. Mm -hmm. It's because of their energy. And in, in just like two magnets, you know, we're going to attract the, the we're going to attract that kind of lifestyle and that kind of thing, because the thoughts are magnetic. Every cell is magnetic, by the way. So we're drawn to those people. That's why I said everything's by divine appointment. There's something greater than us bringing us all together, you know, mm -hmm. and something magical can always happen every day if you're willing to look for those magical moments. You know, and that's why somebody once told me, said, you're too damn positive, Porter. That my moniker is Doctor Positive. So the uh, and I said, well, I said I'd rather be happy and disappointed every once in a while than wake up every morning disappointed, mm -hmm. and then let the happiness, you know, pass me by. You know, it, so many people and unfortunately, if you turn on the news, that's what you're going to get. You're going to become a very pessimistic, negative person. And mm -hmm. I think the news causes more discomfort and pain in this world than anything else because they're not doing it right. Today in every town in America, there's more. They could they could fill the airwaves with positive things that are happening today, but unfortunately, just like the accident alongside the road, people want to look at you know the carnage instead of the the health and the the, the benefits. Yeah, well, it triggers those primitive things in our brain. We got to watch out for the danger. We got to see what's there. And it's like it's funny because we feel guilty for it almost. You know, I'm like, why do I feel the need to stare at this car wreck? But it's primitive. It's trying to protect you in a sense, and and the news does override that. And I always encourage people because this is something I love that you talked about the light that's being emitted because anecdotally we know this we've all seen someone that has like a magnetic energy um, a lot of celebrities have this right they walk in the room and it's like bam you don't even have to know them and it just lit it up completely uh figuratively speaking but you know that something's just different about that person it's interesting so i think that's kind of cool that we can measure that but then also see some of these things um anecdotally in real time at least it appears to be that way yeah. um now i wanted to let's take a few more minutes i won't take you too over here but Obviously, we're on a roll. So one thing I wanted to ask you, I know that you mentioned this. That was an incredible story with the woman who started speaking again to her family and was able to do her life story, like or memoirs, at least. That's pretty damn interesting. I, I don't know if it's that one or something else, but I was curious with all the people that have been affected by brain tap or similar technology at this point. What's like the craziest story of healing that you've ever had? And this is not just to be clear, I'm not a claim of any sort, but I just am curious about what the coolest story you may have heard. We had, we had a client come to see me that uh, she looked like she was already ready for her funeral. She was all in black. She said her doctor had given her six weeks to live and she had her immune system that was basically turned on the body. So an autoimmune dysfunction. Right. And, and I said, well, you know, when is your next doctor's appointment? She said, well, they told me to come and see him in four weeks. I said, tell him you want to see him in six weeks. And she said, what do you mean six weeks? I said, in six weeks, you're going to go back and see what happened. She said, well, I'll see. They said, I'm not going to be alive in six weeks. I said, well, that's why you're here. We're going to change that. I said, you're <laughs> going to change your story. And so we found out that basically she had, she had done some, had some things done to her in her childhood that were very, you know, she felt ashamed for, it wasn't her fault or whatever, but she was carrying that shame and blame and guilt. And once we cleared all that out and she started realizing that she could have a future, that her past does not have to dictate her future. And I'm just summarizing this so we can get through it. But then she came sure. back about two weeks later and the staff goes, 
man, she's totally different. She was wearing yellow like she was going to her Easter Sunday service and she was all smiles. And I, because I told her, I said, you're going to dress every day because I believe in what the shamans say. The shamans say you should live your life as if you're going to live forever. Plan your life as if you're going to live forever, but live your life as if today's your last day. You know, so every day is a celebration. So I said, just celebrate today. You know, when you when you get up in the morning, Talk about everything you're going to look forward to doing, all the smiles you're going to have, all the happiness. Find some way to laugh today. And then at the end of the day, while you're asleep, do a role play of all the things you're grateful for for that day. Mm-hmm. And so she started the habit of gratitude and a, and a habit of looking forward to positive things. When she went back to that the Mayo Clinic, they said they misdiagnosed her. I thought, I finally have it. You know, there's a documented proof. They said she's going to die in six weeks. Now we're going to get documented proof that she doesn't have her problem. They said, we misdiagnosed you. There's nothing wrong with your immune system. You're functioning perfectly. And one thing I do know about the immune system, we have a thinking immune system. And our body can change every 72 hours. So, and they now know that our genetics change every 40 seconds. So what does that mean? No diagnosis is true. You know, the only thing we know is that change is possible, you know, and what I, she goes, what am I going to do? I said, well, they said they misdiagnosed you. So let's take it at that and say, now you have a chance to continue living your life like this in a very positive way. You know, I can tell you when my mother was alive, and this is why I changed that. They told her she had six weeks to live or five and a half weeks or something like that. She had cancer. She died about the same, about the exact moment. This was back in the eighties before I knew everything I know today. And, but you would not have believed my mother was super healthy. I mean, she ate healthy. She walked three miles a day before she died. But I think if you don't deal with the psychological reasons, there's a really good book called uh, emotions buried, never die. That I believe everybody who's working in therapy, because there's always an emotional component to any physical problem. If you can, you have to unlock those two to get the real healing. It's, the last thing I'll say on that is that with dealing with so many people who have cancer, autoimmune diseases, or whatever, it is not always, and this is just who's told me though, it seems to be just what they verbally told me, universal, that they've dealt with a rather severe trauma. And I find with the cancers, especially, the trauma is not that long ago. Someone died, someone was abused, someone did something crazy, an accident happened. And it's it's unbelievable almost how that can affect the physical health of the body, just like you said, despite doing all these other things, right? It's a multifaceted approach. It's one that I did not understand for a while, and I'm glad I got into it because it's the only thing that ever moved the needle for the last 5 to 10% of my healing. Um, it's something I continue to work on to get the last few percentage points. But it's amazing because the better I do in that area, Dr. Porter, the more leniency I can have with even something like sleep, believe it or not, not that I promote that, but you know, it doesn't have to be so strict all the time. I don't have to eat the perfect diet. Like by sheer coincidence yesterday, I just had a gelato with my girlfriend. I didn't eat dairy for like six years straight because I had it in my head. I eat dairy. I get sick. I eat dairy. I get a breakout. All this stuff happens. And magically I eat dairy. I eat a gelato and nothing happens. I'm fine. I wake up the next day. I feel good. I'm okay. Um, and maybe there was a time where that was true, but it's not forever. And I think the biggest lesson from today, if people are listening like as they normally are as functional health practitioners or FDNs don't get so caught up in what we're doing with the labs. It's important. You need that in the beginning with most of what we're dealing with. That's what saved my life, but don't let that be forever. Read teach read Davis, the founder of FDN read teaches in the course guys that you're supposed to be able to reintroduce stuff a while or, um, you know, down the road, you're supposed to be able to do that. And somehow a lot of people take it into their own hands and end up four years later, still on the same protocol that they were on, uh, four months in. No one here at FDN promotes that. Reed doesn't promote it. So use those labs, but then also make sure um, you're getting your mind back. You're getting your narrative back. Dr. Porter, where can people find you? Uh, BrainTap, where can they get it? Well, you're going to share a link with them where they can get a free yep. uh, book. One of my books called Thrive and Overdrive and also 15 days mm-hmm. free on the app so they can try it for themselves. That's a good way to do it. They can see they can see me on social media at, at Dr. Patrick Porter, or they can go to my website, uh, drpatrickporter.com. And from there, there's links to BrainTap and uh, things of that nature that can let them know what we're doing. And we're all over social media, so they can see some other videos I've done. And I have a lot of shorts that give people uh, insights into different re- areas of the brain and things like that. 
Okay, cool. And then my final uh, question for you. It's a signature question on the Health Detective podcast, and it always throws me off because it's not always the answers that I think based on the interview. The question is, if Dr. Porter could give everyone in this world or get everyone in this world to do one thing for their health, whether that's literally do one thing or stop doing one thing, what's the one thing you'd get them to do? I would have them start every morning with a meditation that upregulates their brain and gets them ready for the day without any any synthetic means, just by their own breath, thoughts, and actions, and get them right. I think all everything starts first thing in the morning. You win the day by winning the morning. So, Okay, folks, that'll do it for today's episode with Dr. Patrick Porter, founder of BrainTap, amongst many other things. Don't forget, if you'd like to get the BrainTap, we do have a code in the show notes of this, so just go check that out. And if you'd like to try the FDN course completely for free, and you heard that in the middle, but then you're like, I want to get back to the episode, again, that URL is fdntraining.com slash tryfdn. That's fdntraining.com slash tryfdn to try the course completely free, no credit card required, no trial, nothing like that, all right? I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you are enjoying the content that we're bringing to you on this podcast in the 100, almost 60 episodes that we have on here, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple and or Spotify. If you do that, we would love you even more than we already do. I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon, but until then, take good care. 